Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of MGR Unplugged, brought to you, as always, by the MGR Agency, a full-service digital marketing agency that will bring your business to the next level. All right, today's episode is going to be all things Amazon. This is something that we do every two, three months, really, randomly, but um, basically it's what I call Amazon AMA, or Ask Me Anything We Get. I don't know, like probably a dozen questions every week from clients, prospects, people that ask, where is the best strategy for Amazon? How can we do this? How can we do that? So obviously we answer those questions as we go, but we also collect the questions because a lot of them can be helpful for the rest of the audience. So this is one episode that if you are trying to do any type of uh, Amazon business or e-commerce business in general, you definitely want to save it and bookmark it and refer to it because uh, again, it might be helpful and we may be asking a lot of questions you may have and uh, for your future business. So um, anything else that you need to add as far as this episode? No, let's go. All right. Well, let's get started. None of you people can tell me to stop. Lower the lights down. Hand over my crown. Hand over my heart. I do this for my town. I do this for my crowd. All right, David, well, here we go with our um, Amazon Ask Me Anything, and you get more questions than I do. I mean, I get questions more on the uh, on the strategy part uh, in general, but you get more specific questions about Amazon setups and Amazon-specific marketing and all that. What would you say is the one question that is the most common from most of the people that you talk to all the uh, time? Putting me on the spot. Um, I told you. I'm just kidding. <laughs> most common... Um, it depends on the company size, I would say. Um, once a company hits a certain size, as in if they're already doing, let's say, high six figures, low seven figures on their own website, uh, the most common question is, should I be on Amazon? That's probably the most common for companies like that. Um, and then for companies that are already on Amazon, um, it's probably how much should we be devoting our effort and uh money towards amazon versus our own site i would say that's kind of the two biggest right I, I agree I, I think uh and it's the same thing i get a lot of questions too with uh, i think i'll classify the the uh two types of companies or or people really that ask us questions one is the the person that is thinking about starting some kind of side gig and they want to uh, you know, start kind of uh, uh, drop shipping or even develop their own product and start selling on Amazon, their own design and their own whatever product they're developing while they have their own job. Just basically like a little side gig to start, see how it goes and test the waters. And the other one, obviously, is the one that is more of an established business that has a relatively strong um, e-commerce presence or even retail space presence, and then they just want to experiment with Amazon and get more exposure. So they, the goals are obviously very different um, as far as um, you know the approach for one that is a little bit of a, out of their pocket and trying to invest into see how the Amazon thing goes with the other bigger company that is more established that's just saying, okay, we're going to allocate something. Or something right, I mean, uh, we mostly only work with obviously actual companies. We don't work right. with like people who have it as their side gig. Um, but I will say, uh, I think it's much harder to do Amazon or e-com in general as a side gig these days because mm -hmm. there's just so much competition. It's overly saturated. Um, 
them. Yeah. And there's all the low hanging fruit of products that you can just buy. You know, it used to be, oh, you can just uh, go on uh, Alibaba or whatever and find some product and then throw your logo on it and sell it. Uh, I'm not saying that it can't be done, but I'm saying that it is tremendously more difficult to be successful at that now. Uh, but we mostly focus on the the bigger companies. And so when, when companies who are... Not treating it as a side gig, but it's their it's their brand, it's their company. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the most common is either if they're already on Amazon, it's how much should we be focusing on our own e-commerce avenues or other avenues uh, versus Amazon. And then people who are not yet on Amazon ask, should we even go on Amazon? What are the benefits, pros and cons? Or should we focus more on the DTC route? Right. Yeah. Just to just to clarify, the uh, the um, uh, in a nutshell, what I ask and answer to people is that for the smaller companies that we don't really deal with so much, but uh, the lower the barrier to entry, the more competition you're gonna have. Like you said, if you just buy something on Alibaba or any other source and and mark it up and put your logo and sell it. Obviously, that's a very low barrier of entry. But basically, everybody can do it. Therefore, you're gonna have a lot of competition, and it's just a matter of it's a price war. Whereas you have some more of a brand and a unique product, and obviously you're gonna have more, more um, chances of succeeding on Amazon, just like you would do normally in your own uh, individual online store or retail store. So, um, so, so the other thing is, uh, at least for me, one of the questions that I get is most of these companies that are more established, like you said, they are used to already selling whether it's physically at their stores or online through their own online retail store um, and they fulfill everything themselves so one of the questions I get is I want to be on Amazon but I want to fulfill it myself and there's obviously pros and cons to that that we need to explain to them why it's better to be uh, fulfilled by Amazon the FBA program versus you fulfill it yourself and do you get that question too? Oh, or basically, Sometimes. when you do, when when customers tell you, "I want to do one or the other," what is your basic recommendation, or what is it based on? Totally depends on are you trying, are you going on Amazon if just because you want to have your products there, uh, but it's not a major focus of being a revenue source for you then you don't need FBA. But if you're going on Amazon with the intent of trying to uh, do a lot of uh, customer acquisition and revenue driving through Amazon, then yeah, I would definitely go FBA because you get uh, Prime, which is the biggest thing. But then on top of that, uh, it helps with your organic rankings. There's just a lot of benefits to it. But obviously, listen, it's not free. You know, it it Mm -hmm. costs money to use FBA. but yeah, it's something, the pros and cons, the, the cons are that uh, FBA can kind of be a pain to deal with sometimes. They have a lot of issues themselves, um, which I understand. I mean, keep in mind, when you ship with FBA, you're shipping to, what you're really doing is putting, uh, shipping your products to a network of thousands of warehouses and hundreds of thousands of employees mm. and they're managing it. And so a lot of times what will happen is if there's a problem with say, uh, this happens, this has happened to me many times. Okay. So I'll give you a perfect example. We ship, uh, pallets into a warehouse and they tell us, okay, ship it to this warehouse wherever. Okay. And then Amazon has their own labeling service. That's optional. And if mm-hmm. you opt in, they'll basically label your products with, uh, their own ASINs, uh, which is like their own version of their internal barcodes. Mm-hmm. They'll do it for you. Um, and so we use this program and then they'll mislabel. 
But then the problem is we don't find out until customers start getting the wrong products when mm -hmm. they buy them because they're mislabeled. So when the guy goes to scan it, it's he for him, it says, oh, this is right, but it's right, not the right, right product. Problem is that to fix that is not easy because what Amazon does, once you ship your pallet to one warehouse, they'll then distribute it to 50. Right. So now you have 50 products and 50, your products split between 50 warehouses and someone has to, they have an internal FBA investigation team mm -hmm. that will have to then go and contact each individual warehouse and get someone to fix it. And that can take weeks. And that's the, the challenge. Well, this is actually a good segue because one question that I just got yesterday is, uh, you know, I have this customer that sells products that are more like, they sell a lot of products, but basically they have some of them that are in the low budget or low, uh, no budget, low cost range like six seven dollars per product so we said it's better to group them into something that is a four pack or something yeah. so they were asking me is it better that um i pre-pack my assortment of products like if they want to sell, sell like four samples of four different flavors or four different types of products or something is it better that they pre-pack the four products themselves and shipping as a, as a sampler to amazon already like the four pack or does Amazon pick and pack and then they say, okay, if I want this four pack with one this flavor, one this flavor, do, does Amazon do that for them? No, Amazon doesn't do that. Amazon does not do that. No. Okay. If you want to have your own multi-packs, you have to pack it. it whether like it's that. a three pack, four pack or, or, yeah, you or the same, to, is it the same thing if it's the same product versus matter. different products? It doesn't matter. Amazon's not going to package anything for you. You need to okay. send it pre-packaged. Okay. So you send the pre-packaged for them. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, whatever... Um, uh, questions do you have that you know we need to um, uh, clarify that you get frequently as far as pricing I, I get a lot of questions on pricing and commissions and things like that and obviously okay. it's a moving target in fact Amazon I think didn't this week or last week just increased some of the fees um, the uh, FBA fees some of them changed for the categories and some all. of them changed some of them went up some of them went down they're kind of right. changing it depending um, Pricing, okay, let's talk about pricing and margins because this is super important to understand, especially if you're right. using FBA. Okay, pricing. I yeah, it's it, it's hard for companies who already have existing products, but if you're a company who's developing new products, um, I think it's very hard to be highly profitable on Amazon selling things for less than 25, 30 bucks. Um, it's just hard unless you're, unless you have the budget to do big volumes and sell tons of units. Right. Um, it's very hard, to which is the profit. reason why a lot of people group, um, right. Small ticket items into, you know, four packs, six packs, so they can add up to $25, $30 total. Right. Like if you said, so that that's how you, the fixed fees amortize. You want to get your average packs. order value mm -hmm. to like $30 plus. If you can get there, you'll be in good shape. And then on the margin side, um, gross margins as in, uh, before, before Amazon takes their cut, what are your, your sale price minus your cost of goods, right? The gross margin, right? Before you even ship to Amazon, what is your, price? don't bother if it's less than 50%. Don't even bother on Amazon. Um, ideally 60% or more. I mean, that's just the truth these days because it's so competitive because you have to factor in all the costs, especially if you have a lower lower price product. So let's say you're selling something for 20 bucks. Okay. Um, Amazon's going to take 15% off the top. Okay. So that's three bucks right there. Then uh, you have FBA fees, depending on the size of your product. Let's say you have like a mid-sized product. Your fee is going to be four to $5 on top of that. So that's already seven, eight bucks out of your $20 
price that is gone straight to Amazon. Um, and then if your cost of goods, let's say you have a 50% margin, you have you spent 10 on cost of goods, then that's eight, seven, eight to Amazon, you're left with two or $3. That's for advertising. And let's say you have a, a really good return on advertising of five to one, okay? Well, it still doesn't make sense because you're spending $4 to sell a unit. So you're spending basically $22 to make 20. But let me ask you, so, so I know the fees, but I don't know exactly the numbers. I mean, I look them up over time, but let's say that I sell a product or pack for $30 on Amazon. Um, after all the fees, the, the FBA fees, the Amazon fixed fees, uh, storage fees, whatever, roughly, what is the percentage of Amazon fees that I can expect to be paying for my $30 product? In other words, when well, that sells... It totally depends on the... No, the category. I understand. On the type well, of product. The, the, the standard fee is 15%. It varies. There's some categories that are more right. or less. But assume, let's just say you're a normal product. In the 15% range. 15%. Right. Okay. Well, that's 15%. It doesn't matter what it is. The only thing that varies as a percentage is the FBA fee. That's why I said you want to sell things for more. Because if your FBA fee is uh, $5 a unit, then at $30, that's 20%. What is the FBA, is the FBA based on? It's based on size and dimensions. Size and dimensions. Or, or weight and dimensions, sorry. Okay. Right, dimensional weight that they call. So, so, so if you have a big product, you're going to spend more. Right. So let's say a company that sells, uh, I, I want to make some specific answers or a, a well, little let more. Me go back to the $30 example. The reason why I say you want the higher price, the better, is because at uh, $30, if your FBA fee is four or five, let's say five for ease of uh, math here, uh, that would be 20% of your right. price. If you sell the same thing for $50, your FBA still fee is still five. No, I understand so now that. it's only 10%. Right. You know, that's that's what but I that's mean. what I was trying to say. If, if the minimum, you know, the average um, value of the average cost is $30, which is what we say is the minimum that you should sell things for, it recommended. Um, you can I, do less, but again, oh, I understood. I understood. It, but, I, I based on but let me start with some, some specific numbers. Let's say that I sell um, normal products. I'm not going to sell televisions or anything big, but just sell like whatever, mouse or, you know, things that are packageable and then the package is just a four pack or something that is not dimensionally too too large. So approximately, if, if that sells a four pack or six pack or a single pack, it doesn't matter for $30. And then will we say that maybe the total of Amazon fees will be about 20%, 25% of that value? In other words, for thirty bucks, for thirty bucks, yeah, for thirty dollars, maybe like Let's seven, say your eight dollars. Fees are not five, and it's lower, and you're at the three fifty range, which is like they have different tiers. You can just go on Google, search right, right. FBA fee table, you'll find it. Let's say it's three fifty. Um, okay, so fifteen percent. At what price did you say? Thirty dollars. So basically, okay, so that'd be four fifty right. plus three fifty. That's eight bucks. Right. Uh, eight divided by thirty. Okay, so that's so, basically the Amazon fees, but it, yeah, it depends on it depends on what you're selling. So, so we're looking at uh, just to put a number, like you said, eight divided by thirty. So, what about twenty five, thirty yeah. percent um, of your cost? So, you sell something for for. Uh, that's why I said 
If your margin gross margins are less than fifty percent, don't bother with Amazon. Right. You will right. never make money. And ideally, you want to be sixty percent. Because that's the question that we get. I mean, watered in different ways, but that's the most common question. Because uh, a lot of companies, even even established companies, are used to their own shopping cart. Um, margins where, like you said, if they if they sell something for thirty dollars and they their cost is actually let's say twelve fourteen, they say okay yeah we pay hosting fees blah 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 all that stuff. But then they 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 pocket the whole thing and then whether they have free shipping or not something is up to them. But at least they know their margins. Now what they don't realize is that when they go to Amazon, they have all these other fees. Obviously, Amazon is giving them the hugest or the largest marketplace online that exists and um, but they're going to charge you for it and they do everything there's actually one other fee i didn't mention and that's the cost of shipping your products to the amazon warehouses that obviously costs money too um there's ways to mitigate that those costs but yeah you have to factor that into i just wanted to mention that when people are doing their calculations you always have to pay to ship your pallets to an amazon warehouse mm -hmm. in the first place so even though they give you a special break and stuff because they have agreements they do, with but, it's shippers, still a cost. but you still have to pay for it yeah. obviously so so yeah that's the biggest um I guess misconception when when companies don't realize that you're exchanging the fact that Amazon is doing everything for you for the fact that uh, they are going to charge you more, obviously. So I like to voice it like, listen, you're gonna let you're gonna make less profit or sometimes even no profit. I mean, you're gonna break even if you sell on Amazon, but you're gonna get a lot of exposure there too. Is that a good um, trade-off? Basically saying. You know, again, it totally depends on the company strategy. Well, I understand, but if a company, like, like one of the hardest things for some companies is to find the budget on top of that for advertising. And they say, okay, well. Oh, if you don't have advertising budget, don't go on Amazon. Well, it's not worth it. But, but they may be advertising outside of Amazon. That's the thing. So, but they want to. I mean, to advertising that is with the intention of driving traffic, whether it's specifically on Amazon ads or other ads, uh, if you're not spending on advertising for Amazon, I wouldn't bother because. Uh, it's just, you're not going to rank anywhere and it's a whole, a whole lot of work for not a lot of money if you're not advertising, basically. What if you have uh, a product that's a little more unique? Like uh, some companies have products that are a little more unique that there's not so much competition within Amazon and people look for that product and if you are there, you, you will come up at some point. Uh, honestly, I rarely see a category where there are not already a hundred competitors. So another thing, another question that I get too is... Will you use Amazon as a branding channel for you? Like a way no. to... Branding? No. Well, hold on, hold on. To, as a way to um, spread your brand through uh, all, another marketplace that is gets much more traffic normally than your own uh, websites or other marketplaces that you have. No, because it's not like it used to be. Amazon is very pay-to-play now. It's not that you can just magically rank organically on the first page on Amazon. Not on Amazon, but if people look for your brand or something on Google and you are on Amazon, yeah, but then you will rank also. But as then, if people are already looking for your brand, then send them to your website. Why give Amazon the cut? Well, it's just to, for convenience. It's just one more channel. A lot of people will basically trust Make more buying from... Make your more convenient. But, uh, yeah, but a lot of people will buy from Amazon because they have already an account. It's more convenient right, to do whatever to buy from your website. If, if your product is only available on your site, then they have to buy through your site. So, so it looks like... So you're not recommending... I'll tell you when... This is, this is what Amazon is good for. Um, it changes, you know, like... Because the problem is that a lot of people are operating on the... 
knowledge and the strategies that worked three, five years ago, but it just has changed. It has changed. And, uh, this idea that you can just rank on Amazon magically, no, uh, yeah, is not going to happen. Uh, just putting your products on Amazon, nothing, you're not going to get sales, uh, using it as a branding channel. I think actually having your products I, I on Amazon say, can, yeah, but I wouldn't say branding, brand. I'll say more like a exposure channel. But like, like I said, you don't get exposure being on Amazon. It doesn't give you that exposure anymore. I know what you're saying. That used to be the case, but you don't get exposure. The only way you get exposure is Amazon says, pay us, and we'll mm -hmm. put you on the first page. It's yeah, pay-per-click. Pay-to-play is basically But the there's no exposure. You can list your products on Amazon, have the most detailed uh, descriptions and perfectly SEO'd out. If you don't have sales, it doesn't matter. The number one factor in ranking on Amazon is sales. Sales and reviews, obviously. Sales, number one. There's a, there, I have a list. I, you can go to uh, our blog. I have a little guide of how to rank. But anyways, sales is number one. If you don't have sales, forget about everything else. Um, this is what Amazon is good for. Um, there's kind of two schools of thought, and this really depends on your brand strategy. Um, one is like Anchor is a good example. Mm -hmm. Okay, Anchor is a company, uh, A-N-K-E-R. I'm sure a lot of you have heard of them. If you've ever looked for electronics on Amazon, you've seen them. Um, they're a company that does tens of millions in revenue, and they used to be only Amazon, and that was what they did. Their whole strategy was, we are going to dominate the uh, Amazon rankings for all of these various electronics products. That was their their goal. Um, and so that's how they made money. And they didn't really have uh, repeat purchase products. So uh, they had no incentive to necessarily bring people to their website because uh, people aren't, it's not like people repeat purchase uh, batteries or cables or things like that. It's not a recurring purchase, right. you know? So um, it depends on the product. It depends on the, the brand strategy. If you have something that is a recurring purchase, the most common would be like a food item or something, mm -hmm. food, drink, something like that. Or people, once they enjoy it, are going to be buying from you over right. and over. Right. I would strongly, strongly push you to try to take those customers all to your website. Because once you make the sale, uh, mm -hmm. you don't want to be giving 15% right. plus of the uh, customer lifetime value to Amazon. You want to try to funnel them to your site. And that's something that we work with a lot but, of clients But what happens is that a lot of these companies have, don't have the infrastructure to handle the logistics. So but they do. Because if you're, if you're no, growing... No, not at that volume. I mean, if, if, uh, if they're used to shipping one or two products per day. But that's not who we're that, talking but about. We're talking about real brands who are selling hundreds of units a day, okay? And if you're selling 200 units a day on Amazon, you're giving tons of money to... Yeah, but they're doing everything for you. I mean, it's not it's not different than anybody they're else. They're doing everything for you, but they're owning the customer. They don't even give you their emails. Well, you have no I ownership over the customer experience. And over the lifetime value of the customer, you're giving 15, 20% to Amazon. No, I mean, I mean, yes, I see that, but I also, uh, I mean, I don't know. I, I think I buy a lot of things on Amazon for convenience, but I also know that I can look up my my products online, and if I don't, I decide not to buy an Amazon. I can just go to if the if the product that I buy has a little contact information, website, and everything. I can go to the customer directly or to the vendor directly, and buy it. So the, the but term, that's what I'm saying. The term they own your customer is is is. I understand it. You don't own your customer on Amazon. I they know. don't even give address info anymore. No, I understand that. But if the, if I if I'm the seller, if I'm Amazon seller, and I say, okay, I 
I created my audience or my customer base out of all my customers. They are there. They are buying from me. They are buying a thousand times a month. And I have my customer base. And then, like Nike, I said, okay, uh, that's a big brand. But I'm saying, okay, I'm going to stop selling on Amazon now because yeah, I, I wouldn't stop and that's what Nike giving did. them all this money. So then, I don't know John Smith, my customer, but I know I have a thousand customers that are smart enough to say, oh, well, I'm just going to go to Nike.com and buy my thing directly. So right. if you, if you, your products on Amazon are labeled and properly um, uh, you know, uh, produced, that customer that likes your product is going to find you no matter what, whether it's on Amazon or any other well, store or I'm your saying. own store. And then you eventually you do on your customer, right? Right, but what I'm saying is if, you're, if your people are already looking for you, then they're going to buy from you whether through it's, it's your website or through Amazon, the majority of them. So you don't need Amazon in that case. What well, Amazon you, is you need good it to for, get a jump start and then you take it back. What Amazon is good for is as a uh, discoverability and well, exactly. customer acquisition channel. But once you, if you have a recurring purchase product, once you acquire those customers, your number one goal should be to move them of over. Of course, of course. But Amazon to me is almost like a, it's, let's like go into a trade show. Where, where you see a lot of vendors and a lot of customers that are all competing Amazon with each other. Amazon is a digital Walmart, okay? If, of, when you go to Walmart or any retail store, yeah, you probably have the similar things you buy all the time, okay? And Walmart, Amazon is just a digital version of that. But my point is that before it was not possible for every single person who sells products on a shelf that someone buys all the time to open their own local store in every community where people are buying them because that wouldn't, make sense financially but now you can because you have websites and so you don't need walmart anymore you can just no if I, someone's buying if you're always buying this uh your favorite uh whatever ragu sauce okay ragu doesn't need you anymore if they're buying because it didn't make sense to create a ragu store okay mm. but now they can because it it doesn't cost much to create a website and so they can drive all that traffic there that's what i'm saying for recurring purchase products now if you are anchor that's a different story. They are not recurring purchase products. Uh, their strategy was we just want to dominate all the organic rankings for uh, electronics. That's a different strategy. Now, even they, as they have reached scale and they're doing tens of millions of revenue, they sell on their website. They sell in retail stores now too. It's a different strategy once you get that big. But uh, to me, Amazon is best used as a customer acquisition channel, but not a customer retention channel, if that makes sense. No, understood. So so this is another thing that comes up frequently, and we have a lot of clients that are in the uh, cosmetics industry, uh, vitamins, things, supplements, things like that, which is obviously oversaturated on Amazon and pretty much everywhere else. But the, the thing is that when we go and talk to those customers, they actually have a very decent online presence already themselves on their website and they sell everything and they promote everything. They have actually very decent looking websites, whether it's uh, Shopify or any other uh, platform, but they also want to be on Amazon. So some of them say, what is it best for me? If I already have this customer base, is it good for me to be on Amazon to have another sales channel that maybe I'm not utilizing right now? And if I go to Amazon, is it better for me to be FBA or basically do my own fulfillment? because then I own my customer. So what strategy do you recommend in those cases when a customer has already a pretty good online presence? I don't know about sales per se, but they have a good 
online presence as far as uh, uh, efficiency and frictionless environment and all that. But they just want to, if it's a product that a category that is very popular, they want to be there too as a player. And then um, obviously FBA is going to cost them more money, so they'll probably not make almost any money if they sell on Amazon or they can decide to fulfill themselves and you know use Amazon as a platform as the digital marketplace that you said but that they still own the customer they still ship to the customer themselves and everything else what approach do you think is best for those types of uh, clients um, I would uh, I wouldn't I would use FBA I mean I, I would try if you're gonna be on Amazon and you want to play the Amazon game, quote unquote, you need to use FBA because that's, you know, Amazon owns the algorithms and they want your money and they want you to pay for FBA. Um, and they even stopped doing, there's, there's a program called Seller Fulfilled Prime mm-hmm. um, and they closed that down like months ago and they've been saying they're going to reopen it. And it's been, I don't know, probably a year now. They don't accept new people. So you can't even self-fulfill and get the Prime badge anymore. You have to use FBA for that. But do people use Prime because it's obviously the free shipping for Prime members? Or they, if there's a similar product that they like better, but it's not Prime, but it also offers free shipping, we'll just go to that. In other words, yeah, well, I mean, is the a, algorithm in Amazon obviously The algorithm Prime? favors FBA products and Prime products. But... Yeah, if you offer free shipping, it's good, but you don't offer free Prime shipping. Prime is one or two days. Most people are not self-fulfilling. They're not offering one or two day shipping. Absolutely not. They can't afford it, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so, no, what I tell those customers, because I have these conversations all the time, is what are your long-term goals, right? If, you're, if your long-term goals are to have a uh, massive customer base that you own completely, then you need to use Amazon as a customer acquisition channel, but not necessarily as a major revenue driving channel. Now, if you say, no, I want to use Amazon as a major revenue driving channel, then that's a different approach and you do differently. Um, And then you focus on playing the Amazon game, basically. Mm -hmm. You have two options. You can try to play the Amazon game and just make money through Amazon and be kind of at their mercy which is fine, but there are many dangers to that. Um, or you can try to take advantage of Amazon uh, and use it as a customer acquisition channel, but then drive those customers back to you. Those are kind of the two main strategies. And I talk to customers all the time about this. And right, I know. They have and different so approaches. I, right, you know? and, and obviously, just to just to clarify, there's no, obviously, one size fits all. There's not. Um, it depends on, on the particular customer, the situation, what they want to, what is their goal by going to Amazon? Do they want to just uh, be the, their main? I, I, we always stop customers do not just have Amazon as your major revenue source or major channel because obviously Amazon is a moving target and they, they can change everything as they do constantly, increase rates, decrease rates, change their programs, and then obviously your your main source of revenue is gone. So the the correct strategy is use Amazon as a additional channel just like you may use Walmart.com or any other format. Um, and then, um, um, you know, just continue. So... Let me get to uh, some advertising questions that we have too, since um, I wanted to kind of wrap up this uh, podcast. We actually have a couple of our commitments to do after this podcast, so we have a little limited time this time. But uh, So advertising, question number one for me, how much should I advertise on, or what budget should I use to advertise on Amazon? Because obviously Amazon has limitations. It's not like a, the, most of the customers come from campaigns that are like, 
you can target by geography, by, by demographics and all that. Amazon has certain limitations as far as how much advertising you can do or the type of granular advertising that you can do because they don't allow you to say, oh, I just want my ad to be in the Northeast or in Washington State or whatever. Basically, it's going to be everywhere and the same thing for demographics. So when it comes to the budget, what do you think is a reasonable budget for a company to start advertising and how does the Amazon advertising format work as far as works as far as the um the is very similar to google it's just basically they have search ads for the most part they're expanding their advertising uh options a little Features, bit right but for the most part uh the majority of amazon advertising budget is still basically searching for like you said whatever cosmetics okay that there you go um so the, is it keyword based yeah the, the reason it's limited um, Amazon advertising, it's like everything. Uh, if you can bid on certain keywords that are really cheap and you find that arbitrage and you can make a ton of money, I mean, go for it. Like we do that all day. We ever, we right. manage a ton of Amazon advertising campaigns, but, um, we always limit it because it gets to a certain point where, uh, you're just limited by the number of searches that are made and the other people that are bidding in that auction or bidding for that keyword. Um, and because Amazon, and this is something that is very, very, very important for people to understand that, that I have to kind of explain a lot, but that once I say it, people kind of say, oh, I get what you're saying now. Amazon is a demand capture advertising platform. Uh, something like a Facebook, Instagram is a demand generation. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? Demand capture means I am searching for this product already. And so you're trying to bid to be on that front page so that you can capture that demand. I already have the demand. Right, right. When you advertise on Facebook or Instagram and you show ads to people in different demographics, whatever, you're generating demand for your product. The difference is demand capture has a limited upside. It can be very profitable, but it has a limited upside based on the number of people that are searching on Amazon for that product. Demand generation has an unlimited upside because you can generate demand from tons of people. All right, so let me get back to the question about the uh, how the, much budget the budget right I would go as much as is well profitable. obviously as much as you can afford but what is the uh, what, what happens is that a lot of people think oh I can put five hundred dollars a month that's basically worthless I mean when people come with a little money it's like you better just invest in something else because Amazon is gonna be like not even doing anything for that money so what do you think is the minimum budget that a company should have to advertise on Amazon whether it's like daily or monthly like $60 a day, $2,000 a month, uh, more. That's yeah, the minimum. I mean, Obviously, that's just to barely even be visible. Yeah, minimum, I would just say um, a couple grand a month. But because that's when you bid less than that, keep in mind, Amazon is very competitive. So when you're bidding on certain keywords, um, depending on the category, I mean, there's keywords that cost two, three, five, six dollars. Right. And, and that's the other thing. The cost of advertising on Amazon has increased like... So if you're selling Twofold, a product right that is 30 bucks and the keyword auction is $3 a click and your bit, your budget is 30 bucks a day, you're only going to get 10 clicks a day. Mm -hmm. And if your conversion rate is 10%, that means you'll get one purchase a day. Okay. Uh, and add to that the fact that you cannot adjust geographically. So those clicks could come from any other, any region basically or worldwide even. You know, as far as no, it's only U.S. Well, I mean, you can you can have you advertise overseas, but, but if you're it's, but it, the budgets are based on the country, right? So, so when you have a product that is more geographically dependent, whether it's something due to weather or something like that, you you can say, okay, I don't want to advertise this thing in the Caribbean or or in California or something. If it's something for 
cold weather. You know, obviously people are not going to look for it there, but uh, yeah, you're I mean, a little more limited as far as what you can do as far as selection. Yeah, but I mean, it's demand capture. So someone who's searching for that on Amazon obviously has a lot of purchasing intent. Mm-hmm. So um, the, the the reason they don't have geographic limitations is because it's not really necessary when you're doing search. Because... Well, it, it is and it's not. I mean, we, we, we had a customer that was selling something that they only wanted to sell to, to states where they could deliver in a two-day max because of the nature of the product. Yeah, in certain limitations. And, and, and then they could only do that with border states from their location. So, so they only wanted to advertise the product in certain states that they could actually complete the two-day delivery within time. Yeah, I know what you're saying. took but, away some of the states. Yeah. That's fine. I mean, I, I know there's certain outlier cases, but for mm-hmm. the most part, ge- geography doesn't really matter when it comes to advertising on Amazon. Um, it just matters on ultimately it is a keyword arbitrage game. That is really all it is. It's can you find the right niche keywords that are cheap that people aren't bidding on that people who search for that have a high affinity for your products. Mm-hmm. That's ultimately the game. That's what we do. It's very algorithmic. We use a lot of uh, data just to do that. Um, the difference between Amazon advertising and like Facebook and Instagram is that Amazon is very, uh, I would say it's almost entirely numbers and algorithmic based, whereas uh, Facebook and Instagram are much more on the creative is what matters. Right. Um, so it's just a different approach. But yeah, I mean, depending on the product or, or the category, um, I would just spend at least very, very minimum, I don't know. 1500 two grand a month right uh, but and then just go up as much as is profitable you know obviously you have to decide what's profitable or not profitable for you based on your margins based on how many people repeat purchase do you have a repeat purchase product things like that um, and then you basically say what's profitable for us and then sometimes mm-hmm. uh, there's certain keywords like normally I'll give you a little uh, insight of people insights on how we run campaigns normally I'll kind of separate high volume keywords out from niche keywords so they have different budgets and the high volume keywords we just set a specific budget with bid caps on them so mm-hmm. okay I'm not going to spend more than 250 a click on this right. so some days I might not get any clicks just because the competitors are bidding the hell out of it and it's five dollars a click Right. So right. I'm not going to spend that budget that day, but we've decided that with the client based on what's profitable. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's really the game. It's an arbit- It's a keyword arbitrage game. That's why I always tell people it's good to have, but if you really want to drive sales on Amazon, you need third-party ads from other platforms driving to mm-hmm. Amazon. All right. So I need to um, wrap it up for today, but we'll have everything, all these questions on show notes. We, we actually do write. I mean, you have an e-commerce edge weekly where we have a lot of um, information and tips on e-commerce in general, not just Amazon. But uh, we'll, we'll collect some of these um, notes and questions in, the, in our show notes for the episode. If you want to join the newsletter, mgredge.com slash join. Yeah, you get actually, that's a very good newsletter. I actually do read it every week. And, I and hope so. I know, no, but 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 honestly, it's just very very quick snippets. Usually, only one two stories and then three four links to for information that might be interesting. So, it's something that is not very intrusive. It comes to you. You check it out. Sometimes you don't read it. Sometimes you read it. It, it doesn't hurt our feelings. So you just delete you it. You don't like know. it? Just unsubscribe. I don't care. Right. No, but not only that. I mean, some, sometimes not all topics are for everybody. So you can just look at the topics quickly. See, okay, nothing here is new to me. So it, move it. It's just uh, if if you're in ecom and especially Amazon. Um, I would recommend giving it a shot. Right. I just give insights and it's half news and half insights. But the good thing is that we also, you you have calls and I have calls sometimes directly with, with 
Amazon contacts and vendors and things like that, and we find out about some information, even insights that they give us over the phone that we can basically relate to to our audience, to our to our customers, and say, you know what, we learned that they are not really hot on this thing, or things that they're going to cancel or approve or so forth. So we can give you a little more insight other than what you read everywhere else. So, um, any uh, closing thoughts on Amazon? I mean, I, me? my thing is always, you know, uh, Amazon is great, but it's not the type of channel that you want to just rely on. I mean, it, you want to always have your It's all own about your long-term strategy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You, you want to craft a strategy based on where you want to, your company to be in three years. And based on what you tell me is I'm going to give you a different strategy based on that. And we are very big advocates of uh, direct-to-consumer these days. That's, I think, the way the world is going, not just in retailing, but in everything. I mean, you have direct-to-consumer with cable companies, I mean, with uh, um, programming uh, companies like uh, Disney+. Plus. All these streaming video services are really direct-to-consumer. They decided we don't need to go through, you know, cable providers or anything. We can just give it to the consumers because they are doing that. People are cutting the cord. Um, automotive, we discussed this, like direct-to-consumer, no dealership. So... Um, there's a lot of power in that as far as owning your customer. So, so um, use Amazon as the tool that it is for you, like the largest digital marketplace, but do not neglect your own channel because at the end of the day, that's what gives you control over your product, your pricing and your services and especially owning the customer. So, um, I think that that's it for today, David, anything else, um, that's it for me. All right, very good. Well, thank you for listening. Uh, for any more information, visit our website, mgragency.com is the main agency website. And then we have mgradge.com, which is where we post all the podcasts and everything else. If you like this podcast, please save it, share it with your friends. And, um, and of course, if you have any other questions that you'd like us to answer for you, um, just, just contact us through the website or through the podcast or anything that you can find. Until uh, next week, uh, this is Manuel and David from MGR Unplugged. Thank you. Bye-bye.